You are now listening to the Philly Pod, a Philadelphia sports podcast. Air traffic control. A flock of eagles is heading to Arizona. <laughs> yeah, man. I said this to you a few years ago, and I'm so happy that I can repeat it. Mr. Reese, pack your bags. We're going to the Super Bowl. We are, and we cannot wait. Now, I know what y'all are thinking. Those can't be the Philly Pod boys in my podcast feed. It can't be them. We haven't heard from them all playoffs. We haven't heard from them since Jalen Hurts got hurt. We apologize. But if you thought that we were going to go throughout this whole entire run without doing an episode, you were sorely mistaken. What is going on, guys? Welcome to an episode of the Philly Pod brought to you by the Liberty Line. I am your host, as always. Well, not always, because it's been a little bit. But I'm your host, Victor Williams. Be sure to follow me on all social platforms at the Philly Pod, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you've seen my face and my content. Be sure to click and give it a follow. If you are new to the show, this is your first time checking out the podcast. We appreciate you guys. Be sure to subscribe and uh, leave a review. Rate five stars. Each and every one does help uh, the exposure of the podcast, bring it to new eyes and ears of Eagles fans, NFL fans, and of course, the Eagles are in the national spotlight as they are, as we all know, in the Super Bowl. Steven, as you guys know, my co-host, Steven Conrad Jr., be sure to go follow him on all socials at Steven Conrad Jr. Man, the Super Bowl took down the Giants, took down the 49ers. People are bitching that it is the easiest path to the Super Bowl, this, this, and that. We'll get into our well-overdue rants about all that in just a bit. But man, how does it feel back again for the second time in six years, as people say? I know it's five years, six years. This is a debate on how many years it's actually been. But uh, just a few years after the Eagles were destined for obscurity, eating the dead cap hit with Carson Wentz and leaving Doug Peterson. And we didn't know what is happening. Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles have gotten back to the Super Bowl with a new head coach and a new quarterback. And it is glorious, man. Glorious. I think all of Philadelphia would agree with me when I say this time feels completely different than 2017. It just feels way different. And I do think there is some of that like underdog type of feel to this, but it's just not like 2017 was the complete underdog story completely a hundred percent. Now there's like maybe five, 10% of that like underdog feel just because there's so many guys, players, coaches. Um, and it's the fact that we're the Philadelphia Eagles that were counted out. You know what I mean? And we're facing Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the chiefs, you know, mm-hmm. but it just feels different because I can confidently say, and I know you can, and all of Philadelphia can confidently say, we have the absolute best roster in the NFL this year. Mm-hmm. So people wanted to say it was San Fran, but you want to know why it's not San Fran? Because they want to talk about you know injuries derailing their season and stuff like that. Obviously, like, my God, how many quarterbacks could they possibly go through in a season? But here's the thing. We won the Super Bowl back in 2017 with a backup quarterback, and there was mm-hmm. injuries all over that roster. So exactly. you softies out there out west, I know the air's <laughs> a little bit different out there. It's nothing like the East Coast. And for that reason, I was confident of that San Fran team coming into Philly and not having a chance against us. And that's why I'm confident about this Philadelphia team in this Super Bowl. 
Exactly. And 49ers fans have, man, they have gotten to the tier of Saints fans, of Dallas fans, of being whiners and complainers and always me and why us and all this and that. But like I said, I'll get into that rant because I have an extensive one uh, coming up. But before we get into that, of course, got to tell you about all the fun stuff going on at DraftKings Sportsbook because the Super Bowl is just a few days away. And DraftKings has you covered with exciting sportsbook offers for limited time only. You can win $200 instantly over at DraftKings. All you have to do is sign up for a new account, make a deposit, and place a $5 wager on a pregame money line. It better be the Eagles. I don't want to catch you guys betting for 5 bucks on the Chiefs. Throw $5 on the Eagles money line if you think they're going to win it all on Sunday. And if they win... More specifically, if your bet wins, even if you bet the Chiefs, if your bet wins, you'll receive $200 in free bets instantly in addition to any cash winnings from your original wager. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today with the link in our podcast description. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Gambling problem, of course, call one 800 gambler we will get into some of our favorite prop bets and dark horse mvp candidates later in the show because i got a good one if you want to find something to to throw some of those free bets on be sure to uh to uh stay tuned to uh to listen to that so steven we just got briefly some some of your thoughts in regards to uh, the 49ers and how it goes but since we haven't done the show you know all playoff long again uh apologies we 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 got busy, but we're back. We're back. Going to be consistent. You know, I know we say that all the time, but we're, we mean it this time. We mean it this time. But since we haven't been uh, 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 up on this microphone throughout the whole postseason, just kind of give me your reaction on the entire playoff run. I know um, Jalen Hurts didn't look his best towards the end of the season. Uh, there was a lot of speculation going into the Giants and saying, oh, man, the Giants are hot. They're the hottest team. It's hard to beat a three. Uh, it's hard to beat a team three times and this and that. And they quickly abolished that myth or whatever or, or whatever it is people people were saying. So they go in there. They handle Daniel Jones. Of course, we have the, the, the QB carousel in the one game against the 49ers. But just in totality, uh, your reaction to the playoff run, how you feel in general, and how you feel heading into the Super Bowl against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. It's just a feeling I've never experienced before in my life watching sports, you know what I mean? And maybe it's because of, it is because of our past experiences, but not just like the Eagles, the Sixers, the Phillies, all these teams here that we've watched our whole lives. Um, and I'm not going to get into the whole like narrative thing and all that, like that fans are, you know, trying to push whatever narrative that is or the media. Like I, I thought you outlined it really well when the Giants came to town up until, you know, that Saturday, whatever time kickoff that game was, a lot of people felt confident about the Giants coming in and giving us a battle just because they there's this... The thing with the NFL, man, in the postseason is, unlike any other sport, a team can get hot. It doesn't really matter a whole lot what they did in the regular season. I mean, the Giants are a perfect example of it. The year they won the Super Bowl, they ended the Patriots' undefeated streak that one year. I think the Giants maybe, what were they, 9-7 and seven that year? They won the Super Bowl, and it's happened countless times. It's happened countless times, um, you know, and the Eagles just <laughs> – Jalen says it himself, man. Rain, sleet, or snow, the Eagles train got to go, whatever it is. Like, whatever the task has been, whatever the challenge or obstacle that's been thrown in their way, they've overcome it. They've had they've hit some interesting roadblocks this year. Um, there was that rough patch for a while. You know, we, we struggled against the Colts, for example, which I believe was the week after we lost the, our first game of the year mm-hmm. uh, to the Commanders. But, you and know, it is what it did. is. Like, 
what the hell he did. I don't know why. Reinforcements. And the Dominican Sue and Linval Joseph brought those guys in, and he made sure that we never lost a game again at that point. By the way, those two guys, if the Eagles win on Sunday, Joseph and Sue each earn an additional $125,000. If they play 30% of the snaps and win this Sunday, that was included in their midseason contract. So trust me, they'll be motivated to, I mean, of course they want the ring, uh, but they do have some incentives Mm -hmm. uh, there as well. Yeah, not only that, like um, you actually highlighted, I believe you wrote an article yesterday that all 22, I believe, right? All 22 of the Eagles starters are healthy and are going to be playing in this game, mm-hmm. correct? Yep, yep. They were healthy for the championship game because uh, Avante Maddox was back for that and they'll certainly be uh, healthy for the Super Bowl. It looks like the injury point where the injury report was dropped and it was largely unchanged uh, from from last week. So my whole my whole perspective on just the, just this whole thing, and um, you don't want to spend too much time on the Giants because I get it. You know, you get hot, you get into the postseason. It's anybody's game, but they're the Giants. It's Daniel Jones. They were a worthy uh, opponent, though. Is the point I was trying to make? You it was. I mean? It was. Yeah, it was fine for what it is. But everybody wants to say that it is the easiest path to the Super Bowl when you have a team as good as the Philadelphia Eagles from top to bottom as far as roster construction is. No matter who you put in front of them, the Vikings, the Seahawks, the Giants, the Cowboys, it didn't matter who you would have put in front of the Eagles. The Eagles would have rolled over them because the disparity between them and the next best team in the NFC was so great that it wouldn't have mattered. When you can decimate a team that badly, it's a testament to how good the Eagles team is. It is not a testament of how easy the path is. It is not our fault, and it is not the Eagles' fault that the NFC competition wasn't up to par with the Philadelphia Eagles this season. And as far as the 49ers are concerned, I don't care if you had... Four active quarterbacks, eight active quarterbacks, 12 active quarterbacks, 16 active quarterbacks. They all would have gotten knocked out because the 49ers decided to line up a third string tight end on a premier pass rusher like Hassan Reddick, who has 19 and a half sacks this season when you include the playoffs. If you lay out a scheme with that kind of protection and do not protect your quarterback, what do you expect to happen? Steven, answer me this. Were both quarterbacks healthy and active as of 255 on Sunday? On the NFC yes, Championship game. Yes, indeed. Healthy and active. It's not like Brock Purdy like slipped and broke his ankle in practice on Tuesday and they had to hurry up and get Josh Johnson back to speed. You feel bad for the kid. Obviously, you don't want to see anybody get hurt. You want a competitive game, but the game goes on. And if you want to keep your quarterbacks in the game, you need to do your best to make sure they are protected and untouched. And you put a tight end. I forget, the, I forget who is even uh, the guy. I'll look it up. I think it was Tyler Croft or somebody like that. Whoever they decided to put on Hassan Reddick. I know it was play action and they were trying some different stunts and stuff, but it is just a woefully ignorant scheme to try and implement when you have a guy who's been on a tear for the last third of the season and Hassan Reddick arguably should be defensive player of the year. You can argue it against Nick Bosa. You can argue it against Michael Parsons. You can argue it against Chris Jones. Hassan Reddick as having the most dominant defensive stretch of of this season of any defensive player I've watched in Philadelphia in some time other than Dawkins and, and, and some of the some of the older guys. I have no sympathy for 49ers fans and their injuries and woe is me. We didn't have any quarterbacks I could throw the ball. Answer me this, Steven. When Carson Wentz got concussed and got knocked out of the wildcard game against Seattle in 2019, and we had to watch Josh McCown on a torn hamstring at like 52 years old try to win that game, did we hear any sympathy? No, 
Not at I don't all. think so. No. Now, we were ridiculed. We were laughed at. Wentz was called injury prone. They said, oh, here's another injury. Eagles can't get it done. And Seahawks moved on. And that was it. And we were laughed at. And now that the 49ers had a guy that got hurt and the Eagles took advantage of that and moved on to the Super Bowl, it's, oh, it's the easiest path. Oh, they haven't beaten anybody. Oh, they haven't been tested. The Eagles are going to win it all. And we're still going to have analysts saying the Eagles haven't been tested. It doesn't matter. They have a ring. You well, can call it what it is. This is it, though. This is the game, man. This I th- this decides that. No, because you know what they're gonna say. They're gonna say, "Oh, Mahomes wasn't fully healthy," and then no, I don't want They didn't have they didn't have they didn't have Miko Hardman, and they didn't have no receivers, and they had a better roster, and, and, and this, this, and that. There's always going to be ex- an excuse when it comes. Well, to you want you want to know what I have to Eagles. say to that? Go ahead. You want to know what I have to say to that? What going into this season, many people believed and still by the way still believe that Jalen Hurts couldn't be not only a starting quarterback in this league but a franchise quarterback a lot of people didn't even think he could throw the ball well enough for them to advance their season you know beyond we would say the wild card round of the playoffs you know what I mean so it is what it is like it's the beauty of sports but it's also the curse is that debates are endless never ending there's always a way you can twist narratives and everything like that but at the end of the day this is the Super Bowl. This is the final game. Only one team walks away with that trophy. So, mm-hmm. and there's so many, say, so many. Say what you want, but the trophy that overrules everything. Okay, they're gonna say what they want, especially. And then if you wanna, we can bring. You know what was funny afterwards? Uh, after the Eagles had won the championship game, I had made a note that since 2000, the Eagles, <laughs> since 2000. The uh the Eagles have been how many Super Bowl appearances? The Eagles have had three Super Bowl appearances, three. and the Cowboys have had zero. And well, everybody's you, like, you "Oh, well, how the many Eagles NFC be- title games? Seven, seven NFC title games since 2000. And I believe That's we're the up there with top. Th- I want to say it's we're top three or top five in all franchises the last twenty years in postseason wins. I believe as of as of as of two thousand, the Eagles lead the league in most uh, uh championship game appearances. They just they mm. just uh beat Green Bay with the, with this past. Uh, wow. appearance, which is kind of sad when you think about it because we definitely should have more Super Bowls to uh, to show for it. But it should have got one out of the McNabb Reed era, man. We definitely yeah, should have. That, that 2008 uh, Cardinals game where Kevin Curtis got robbed on that pass interference. I'll go down swinging every any time I can that Kevin Curtis was definitely robbed on that Oh, that play. one. Yeah, that was yeah, definitely Larry Fitz the, game. The Larry Fitz that was, game, yeah. to be fair, because I am young, just so the audience understands, that was like my first actual taste of like fully comprehending a tough loss as a Philadelphia oh, yeah. fan. I was were you young like when five? they were in the Super Bowl. I was five when they were in yeah. the Super Bowl, you know, the first time around. So, you know, I couldn't really process, you know, yeah, take it in completely. Like, I was, uh, that's, I was 04. I was 11. I was 11 for that Super Bowl. And I remember being upset. I remember my dad asking me afterwards, because after they lost and I was making my bed all angry, my dad asked me, um, he was like, are you all right, son? And I was like, I'm fine. And like, I'm visibly upset, like about to cry. And he's like, God, it's, it's right to be upset. And I was like, I said, I'm fine. Like, like <laughs> going off at like 11 years yeah. old. So I definitely remember that. But oh, wait, was bitter too. Cause he couldn't oh, I stop. Cried. I cried when we lost to Arizona and I definitely cried. We had people over and I and cried. We were like dog walking, dog walking the Steelers in that Super Bowl. I don't care what. Oh yeah. We says. beat them we in were, the regular we, season. You know that, we right? We were that beating year. the brakes off the Steelers, uh, uh, uh that year. So. When uh so yes yeah, so that 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 is uh uh I forgot what even led me back to, to that topic but yeah oh the most NFC championship game appearances yes. and everyone was like oh you win the championship game and go to the Super Bowl and the first thing you do is Dallas yes I will drag Dallas at any chance I can get I will never pass up the chance to drag Dallas and they are all in on Dak Prescott and all this and Jerry Jones just recently said that uh. 
I'm not, I'm hesitant to bet at all like the Eagles and the Rams did. I want to think long term. You want to yeah, think long term? What is he talking about? Long what is he term, talking about? You're in the midst of a 27 year championship drought. How how long term are you thinking? You're in you're halfway through your 50 year plan. And not to well, sound I don't mean, understand. But like, He's trying to make the point that we went, we put all of our chips in for this season, and we though, did to we a don't. certain extent. But it was a perfect all-in situation because Dude, we're also set that. up we're to under, compete for the, the next cap. ten years. We're under the cap, we have two yes. first-round picks in the upcoming draft. You seemingly found your franchise quarterback. You have two alpha receivers on on extensive contracts for the foreseeable future. I understand we have the twenty twenty-one free agents that are coming up, but nobody sold the farm. We didn't sell all these picks. We're not like the Rams. Yeah, who don't I, have what draft are you talking about? Who don't have have the draft picks until I'm 40, so it's not like he's an idiot. we did that. Jerry's he's just, the biggest just, problem in Dallas, man. It's the denial, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Stephen Jones ain't no, ain't, ain't, ain't no better. But yes, back, back to the, uh, back, back to the Eagles in the in the Super Bowl, looking for their second Super Bowl title in the last six years, and uh, unfortunately. For one, uh, Carson Wentz, another backup might uh, be hoisting that party. Oh my, and the yeah. reason I bring that up is because Howie Roseman, uh, during media day, openly criticized Carson Wentz uh, when asked mm. about uh, the the fateful night where uh, they drafted Jalen Hurts uh, in the second round of that 2020 draft, just to, just months removed after handing Carson Wentz that $128 million contract. And he basically said, if you are scared of competition and depth, then you're not the right guy at the position. That's kind of the first time he's ever like openly criticized Carson went so I thought that was a mm. that was something to make of note during uh during media night. So indirectly. Um, he indirectly yeah, yeah, he didn't like you know Sam by name. Obviously he didn't, you know, he's he's there yeah. to take it all in. But he how he's obviously going to bask in his glory of the roster reconstruction that he has uh that that he's put together as as he should be, because I don't know how many GMs other than you know players that are retained that put together two incredibly different Super Bowl rosters when it comes to uh when it comes to uh such a short like time frame because this season alone when you look at the additions these are the 2022 acquisitions Hassan Reddick on a 3 year 45 million deal woefully underpaid uh 45 million deal woefully underpaid in my opinion I think he's what well worth well way more than that he's proven which is worth. crazy because remember when we first paid him there were some people questioning that big contract yeah. that he it's got because they were it wasn't it wasn't questioning the contract they're questioning how jonathan gannon was going to use him and they were like if mm. you're going to pay him that you better, you better use him the right way and deploy and deploy him in the correct schemes um zach pascal one year 1.5 million obviously he doesn't do a whole lot but does the does the dirty work kaiser white on a one year five million dollar deal i think kaiser white had a tough stretch down down the regular season. He's gotten better in the playoffs, but he definitely was looking rough there for for a few weeks. Uh, AJ Brown, need I say more about AJ Brown? James Bradbury, who will very likely probably not be here next year. It sucks that we're only going to see Darius Slay and James Bradbury for one season because this is. And correct me if I'm wrong, because because you know you watch Lido and Sheldon as I did. Uh, but this is probably the best cornerback tandem that we're, we, we've seen in Philadelphia. I know we had Asante and Sheldon for that little bit. Bobby and Troy, you're, you're probably too young to remember really how, how they were. But mm-hmm. it's a shame we're only going to see them probably for one season unless Bradbury wants to take some kind of pay cut. But on media night, they asked Bradbury about his future. You know, would you be open to returning to the Giants? Um, Bradbury said that uh, he's oh, he's not he's not ruling anything off the table, so I'm sure he's definitely looking for that for that sizable contract, and somebody is going to give it to him. Uh, C.J. Gardner Johnson, as we all know, uh, he's, he I would be stunned if he wasn't brought back. I'm sure he's going to be one of the first people paid. He said, "Man, yesterday, I'm telling you, I think he's due." 
like not do i don't want to say that i just have a feeling he's gonna have his fingerprints all over this game yeah, is all i'm gonna say yeah you get that you get that feeling and robert quinn the one guy who probably you know <laughs> the one the one uh the one uh uh how do how do we put it the one i don't want to say mistake but well the one it's who- kind of also a testament to the depth we have on the defensive line yeah, and I mean, even general, when he's in there, Robert Quinn's not 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 making a difference. Limbaugh, Joseph, and Dominican Sue, and then drafted Jordan Davis, Cam Jurgens, and the Kobe Dean. Uh, so you can't. It, it goes without stating the uh, the amount of work Harry Rosen put in the offseason. Can't, he can't leave out team. Kenny Gainwell, by the way. Another. Yeah, well, that was an acquisition this year, but you can his emergence mm-hmm. uh, is definitely is definitely especially in the postseason because he's a guy that I was like, why is he getting third down carries? You know, in the regular season, but he's a guy definitely proving his worth in the postseason. So Harry Roseman deserves his roses. I just wanted to uh, uh, address that as well. Any Anything you want to uh, uh, say, say about Roseman before we get into key matchups and circling some of the uh, some some of the highlight matches we're going to see uh, in the Super Bowl? Um, Yeah, you know what? I'll say something really quickly. Oh, man. Um, I don't know. Like... We're all like we're all Philadelphia Eagles fans, right? And we're all gonna have our own opinions. But like we're in the Super Bowl now, and I don't know about you, man, but there's just like there's still those people out there for some reason that feel the need to like go back in time and maybe check your Twitter post history or whatever, and oh, like yeah, try to come at you. people. They got you yesterday, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. But it's like I've admitted countless times that I was wrong. And I never once had an issue with Jalen Hurts himself for people that actually like pay attention and comprehend what I've said, what I've tweeted. And same goes for you. Just at the time, I didn't agree with the decision. It was nothing ever against Jalen Hurts. And obviously, I, as well as I know you can speak for it, everybody has probably criticized Howie Roseman. You know what I'm saying? So there, I, I'm just going to throw it out there. Like, I just find it really odd that there's Eagles fans like, you know, trying to like make the point that some of us are almost like not allowed to root for the team just you're because cooler, we like doubted you're, you're, or you're cooler if you rooted for Jalen Hurts from day one. That's that's the thing. All of us that it's just wanted weird. Carson Wentz to succeed. It's just very weird, man. Yeah, we we've said we've said we don't have to say it, you know, to to this point because the the loyal listeners know how loyal we yeah. were to, the, but we're loyal to the starting quarterback. We all we we root for the starting quarterback, and one bad year wasn't enough for make me to say, okay, get well, rid if of they him. deserve the loyalty. Now credit exactly. Now credit to Harry Roseman for observing that Wentz had attitude issues and character flaws, and he 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 got rid of him when he did, and was able to get you know worthwhile compensation for him. Wentz is probably on his way out of Washington now. He's unseated by Taylor Heineke, Sam Howell is a promising rookie waiting in the ring. So so Carson Wentz looks like he's on his way out of the league soon. <laughs> but, you know, credit to Howie for, for recognizing that uh, the situation was probably going to go downhill and getting out from underneath it before it was uh, before it was too late. But, yeah, man, Jalen Hurts is the man now. Jeffrey Lurie said he's exactly what we're looking for when asked about a, a long-term contract with Jalen Hurts. So expect that uh, Kyler Murray-esque deal in the offseason. I think, I think that's coming for Jalen. And good good on him. Uh, he, he and Patrick Mahomes, uh, uh, the storyline has been read ad nauseum to this point, is that uh, the, the first two quarterbacks to face each other in the Super Bowl, Jalen Hurst's agent, Nicole Lynn, is the first black female to represent a quarterback uh, in the Super Bowl. So very good uh, mm. uh, on, on that all around. On uh, She's with Clutch. I know we have our feelings about Clutch, but very good on Nicole Lynn and, <laughs> and, and the job that she's done with Jalen Hurts and, and vice versa. So we have some mismatches now. Uh, let's talk about the actual the actual Super Bowl. So the, my, one of the first matchups 
I have circled here is uh, A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith against uh, the cornerback rookie duo of Jalen Watson and Trent McDuffie. I know during our favorite time of the year, scouting year, we, when we were scouting cornerbacks, I know Trent McDuffie came up in some conversations as a guy that uh, I, I wasn't really thrilled about. A guy I didn't really, I, I liked Andrew Booth, obviously Sauce Gardner, Derek Stimley, those guys. But Trent McDuffie, when it comes to PFF, he's ranked 21st out of uh, 118 cornerbacks. So he's impressed this year. And now he gets the start in a uh, in a Super Bowl. Uh, the Chiefs defense hasn't surrendered more than 250 passing yards since December 4th. So uh, they got some they got some guys that can play back there. McDuffie, 21st overall in the 2022 draft, projected as a nickel cornerback and has put together a campaign as an outside guy and was able to lock down some receivers. So what what do you think? is the key for the Eagles receivers to try and have their way against these cornerbacks. I think LeJerry Sneed is going to be back. He'll be responsible for the slot, whether it's going to be Quez, Pascal. Pascal has outsnapped Quez in a couple games, so we'll see how they decide uh, uh, to go there. But what is it on offense you're kind of have circled? What is What are the matchups you're looking forward to most? What is going to be the key for the Eagles offense to succeed against Steve Spagnuolo's defense? Well, on paper, as you highlighted, it is a complete mismatch. But like you said, also, the Chiefs secondary is playing well above their, you know, talent level. And you saw that against the Bengals big time. You know what I mean? They definitely limited those guys. Um, And their pass rush is also, they're exceeding expectations. The entire Chiefs defense, in my opinion, is exceeding expectations. I don't really know how much talent they really have on that defensive line. Uh, So to me, it's it's literally as simple as this. I'm not going to get in. Chris Jones is a bad man. I agree, but what else? Like, we have five guys who all have, I believe it's five players in the. I agree. So, um, without getting into the X's and O's too much, because that's just not really what I want to do, and it's not really my thing. Um, I am interested, though, to see how they attempt to slow down our offense. Like, what are they going to do? Are they going to spy Jalen Hurts? Are they going to double one of our receivers? Like, the problem with that is there's a counterpart to all of that. And um, luckily, I think, regardless of whatever the Eagles' offensive game plan is, they need to make sure they play to the strengths of it, which is that offensive line first and foremost. I know the wide receiver duo, and you can throw Goddard in there too, by the way, is amongst you know the best in the league. But nothing else matters if that offensive line is not playing their best football. Everything comes with that offensive line. You know what I'm saying? The run game pass game, play action, you know, option plays, whatever. So I just think it's so easy for me to sit here and say like what they should do, but I just think that needs to be the mentality of the entire game and especially at the start of the game. But a part of me feels like they may come out really throwing that thing like down the field, like testing that secondary. But the only problem with that is I just think they we need to value protecting the football, not turning it over um, and giving Patrick Mahomes more chances than he, you know, we would want him to have. You know what I'm saying? So I just think establishing the quick pass game and the running game should be the mentality. Playing behind this offensive line. Letting them go out there and beat people up. Because that is the strength of this team. And I think if they come out there and do that, it makes, obviously, Jalen's life far easier. But also it makes the defensive life far easier. You keep Mahomes off the field, it's pretty simple. Um I'm going to make a little prediction here. I don't think this Super Bowl is going to be anything remotely close to what you saw against, you know, with our matchup against the Patriots in 2017 because that was a shootout. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. The reason it was a shootout, though, is we did not have the defense that we have now. We had a Mills good defensive and line. Darby were our starting cornerbacks yes. at the time. <laughs> and Malcolm Jenkins did have he carried that secondary. Everybody else, let's just call it what it is, was not very good. They were completely overmatched in that secondary. This time around, we're loaded there. So I just think it's a different mentality. I think um, for non-Eagles fans, you know, which is a majority of this country, by the way, that's going to be watching this game. I think it's going to be a boring game, honestly. I think we're just going to go out there and beat them up, and that's a mentality. Well, yeah, well, to your point, yeah, the longer you can keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands, the better. You brought up an interesting thing about spying uh, uh, Jalen Hurts because Fred Warner was responsible for some of that in, mm. uh, in San Francisco. But the thing you is, you feel is that pretty good you, about that, by the way. You do, that's what I'm saying, because if you spy on Jalen Hurts, he's going to run. He's going to run. With Fred he's Warner, run. though, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah if you can. If you can. <laughs> yeah. Like, geez, they're, they're best player on the, on. you know what I mean? Well, we could debate that, but one of them. Debate with Bosa, yeah, one of them, one of the most one of the most speedier and athletic linebackers in the league was responsible, and Jalen Hurts was able to get free, even though he 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 didn't rush for crazy, but he was still able to take advantage of some of the matchups on that San Francisco defense, um, especially rushing wise. The 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 49ers only allowed three rushing touchdowns altogether. I think nine weeks prior to that NFC Championship game, the Eagles ran for four. <laughs> was it four four total i believe uh, boston I believe. boston miles had two and jalen had one so yeah if, if they can have that way they should surely be able to run on the uh on the kansas city defense but yeah if you if you spy on jalen hurts he's gonna run if you blitz jalen hurts he's gonna make you pay with one of the balls to one of his stout receivers now my question to you Stephen, is is the deep sideline pass specifically mm. One or two of those throws, is that going to be the difference in this game? Because not for nothing, as great as Jalen Hurts is, we probably haven't seen a pretty pass like that since the Chicago game where he got injured. Mm-hmm. Now, now game script obviously has a lot to do with it. He didn't have to throw it a lot. The Giants, um, they got out to that quick lead. The Giants were dumb enough to give the Eagles a short field, put them up 14 nothing. At that point, you just you know, run the game your way. And then 49ers, once the QBs are out, you know, it's hard, you pretty much know what you're doing at, at that point. And the final game of the regular season was largely a preseason game plan. So you can't take much away from that. So not that the Eagles have had to have Jalen Hurts throw the ball, but we, we know the missed throw he had uh, against San Francisco, that deep ball to A.J. Brown that he missed over through a little bit. And his, some of his throws have been off. So I think if the Eagles are going to win this game, they're going to have to hit one of those one of those deep throws to either either Devonte or uh, or or AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be the difference from the Eagles' offense uh, succeeding and pulling away? Because you're going to have to put up 30 points to beat the Chiefs. I assume. I think you're going to mm-hmm. have to put up 30 points, and you can you can you can rush for a good part of this game, but you're also going to have to beat them over the top at some point. Is that going to be the key for the for the Eagles to to, to hoist the Lombardi at the end of this thing? I mean, it certainly could be, you know, it all depends on how the game plays out and how successful they are at doing what they want to do. Um, you know, there's going to, the opportunity is going to be there, man. It's, this is the final game of the year. Um, it, it's going to be interesting because I'm very interested to see how the Chiefs, you know, guard our receivers, our skilled position players. You know, if, if AJ Brown has one-on-one coverage, you'd be stupid not to test that secondary. You know what I mean? It's a mismatch as you highlighted or Devontae. Um, but I think I told you earlier this week, I have this weird feeling that Quez could be the one mm-hmm. to take the top off the defense. And I just yep. think, I don't know, man. It's, it's the Super Bowl, and these are the things that happen. And I know like Sirianni keeps preaching, we're going to play our game and do what we've been doing all season. And I absolutely think that's what they should do. You know what I mean? If it ain't bro- broke, don't fix it. But this is a game... 
This is the final game of the year. It's a Super Bowl. You got to do absolutely everything you can to win. And sometimes you're going to have to be a little bit sneaky and unpredictable. And if you remember, early on in the season, those Quez Watkins deep balls were actually a big part of the offense. Like, I remember him taking the top off the defense, you know, quite. It felt like we were getting it at least once a week the first, you know, five, six uh, games of the season, it felt like, didn't it? I feel like the Minnesota mm-hmm. game, wh- which ones went, am I it missing? It went downhill. It went downhill after that f- egregious fumble against Washington. Yeah, they I guess. They were like, all right, man. And then once right. he got like out-muscled on another throw, I think in the Dallas game, he just flat out got out-muscled. Um, and then they were like, all right, we're going to we're gonna put Zach in here for, for some of these plays. But yeah, you definitely mentioned Quez yesterday. I think he's going to be uh, uh, an X-factor in this one. I could definitely see him getting uh, get, getting some touches in this game. Um, you mentioned a uh, the... Um, uh, the the defense uh, for, for for Philadelphia, and of course, it's going to be a big role. Seventy five sacks total. I think that's franchise record at this point. Sam Reddick is on the warpath. Nineteen and a half sacks. We're going to have Darius Slay and James Bradbury against whatever receivers are going to be healthy. They placed McCall Hardman on IR, so they're going to have a banged up Smith Schuster if he can go. They have Valdez Scantling and Kadarius Tony, who's also banged up uh, in this game. But of course, the big guy on offense is going to be Travis Kelsey. Now, on our uh, radio show the other night, we did Flight 57 on iHeartRadio with Fox, Philly, the Gambler, and our good friend Jari Evans, Hall of Famer coming up, Jari Evans, um, looked at me a little weird when I said, I think C.J. Gardner-Johnson is going to be tasked for a handful of snaps, um, but keeping Travis Kelsey in check. Jari told me that C.J. is a little undersized for that task, but uh, we also discussed that you can use coverages to kind of beat him off the line of scrimmage, and then maybe CJ can take advantage of the coverages, generate a turnover, something like that. Is CJ the key to, to keeping Travis Kelsey in check? Because he's going to get his. He'll get his 70, 80 yards. What would be your plan if you were if if you're the defensive coordinator? You know, as we all know, we have our thoughts about Jonathan Gannon. Uh, but if you're if you're the defensive coordinator, what is kind of the strategy you would use to try and contain Travis Kelsey? I mean, I'd like to think that. Would be the you know maybe so putting Chauncey on him, box, but throw CJ in the box and hope for the best. Huh? <laughs> I mean, a part of me, yeah, a part of me actually feels like we wouldn't be best utilizing his talents and skill set and letting him have his true impact on the game if that was the mentality. So, like you said, it might have to be some sort of like zone or collective effort, you know, with the linebackers or whoever else, uh, you know, you want to use. And I know it's a different team, but that's my fear, genuinely. You know, when it comes to slowing down this Chiefs offense, I just feel like a tight end, a game-breaking tight end is such a uh, game-changer, you know, because in the Super Bowl in 2017, like Gronk went on that run when they decided to let him go out there and run some routes. In the first half of that game, he was back, you know, in protection, but they let him, they cut him loose in the second half because we had what? It was a comfortable lead in that Super Bowl, and he just cut loose and brought New England, gave New England the lead. He went on that run. And that just goes to show how much like, you know, a QB and a dominant tight end like that at that size can just, you know, change the game. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. the Chiefs have been doing, you know. Um, so I don't know. Like Chauncey's a physical player. I love him. I really do. But I just wonder I do fear if um I don't know. I fear that matchup, but hey, if that's what they feel, you know what I mean, could make the difference, I'm all for it. Um, I think I think that's going to be a a, a big matchup. I think that's going to be your best test. They could try and do it by committee, jam him with a linebacker, see how it goes, and then and then have CJ try to generate. A maybe he could get right. in his head. I don't know. Like he, um, I will <laughs> say talking. though, 
Travis I will say gonna, though he has he's not gonna be jarred by that. He's guard. He's uh, given Mike Evans some issues in the past when he was in that division. I'm not sure if you remember. And Mike Evans is a big guy. You know what I'm saying? So if mm-hmm. that's, I know Kelsey's a much different player, but I'm just saying. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Hey man, as we all know, you generate pressure and it makes the job easier on the secondary, and that's going to be a big deal because you can't force Mahomes as good and godlike and incredible as Patrick Mahomes is. Yeah, he does make mistakes. If you can generate pressure, ideally with the front four, you know, you want to be able to generate pressure with the front four, uh, allow your secondary to do its job and force Mahomes into those bad decisions. And even when he makes them, you need to take advantage of them because they mm. do not happen often. Brandon Graham and, and Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat are going to be responsible for trying to disrupt Patrick Mahomes. We don't know how healthy that ankle is going to be. You're going to assume it's going to be a lot healthier than it was two weeks ago. We got two weeks to rest on it as close to 100% as he could possibly get. But one of the offensive linemen that I have circled here is Andrew Wiley for uh, for Kansas City, who has surrendered 49 pressures, fifth most in the NFL. Has not been great. He's ranked 63 out of 84 uh, uh, offensive linemen. So I think that – offensive tackles, rather. He's ranked 63 mm. out of 84. So if you put, uh, <laughs> put Reddick uh, on him, I think that he can create some havoc. I think we're going to see – I mentioned this on the on the radio show as well – I think we're going to see a lot of Noah Gray. Um, hopefully not one on one. You know, for the Chiefs' sake, hopefully not one on one with Hassan Reddick. I think they're going to be a little smarter than the 49ers were. But you're yeah. definitely going to see Noah Gray in there for support to try and contain these crazy edge rushers. But man, I think the uh, the key to all of this is get pressure with the, with with the front four. Maybe get a fifth guy in there. You want to keep some guys back to contain the receivers because we know that Mahomes can find his guys. We saw Valdez Scantling go off for 100 yards. You don't want to get beat by one of these, you know, mid tier receivers. If if you get beat by Travis Kelsey, oh well. And you certainly don't want to get beat out of the backfield with Jerick McKinnon. Clyde Edwards Hilaire was activated. I doubt they're going to use him a whole bit. The Eagles can at times be susceptible to to running backs out of the backfield. If they don't keep track of Jerk McKinnon, Mahomes loves to find him too with one of his magical plays when when you lose track of him. So I think uh, keeping him in check is going to be key as well. Yeah, that's the that's to me is where my eyes and my attention are going to be in this game is you know those receivers with our secondary because I do think there is something to be said. Obviously, this is an Eagles podcast, but I definitely want to highlight this. Like, there's definitely something to be said about Mahomes like elevating these guys like like you said they're mid-tier I, f- I feel like that's being generous almost with some of these guys they're mid-tier receivers but I feel like you're only saying that though because they they're elevated by playing with Patrick Mahomes you know what I'm saying and I'm very interested to see in a game like this like is the moment too big for them or are they going to feel confident you know lining up with Mahomes throwing them football and go out there and make you know big plays because you know the bright lights man th- like you just never know and um this is now Mahomes. Is this his third Super Bowl appearance? Oh, I don't even know. It's, I think it's, it's his uh, third. Uh, um, out for but I just wanted to highlight really quickly, you had mentioned, you know, you can get Mahomes to make some mistakes and turn the football over if you can get a pass rush on him. Like, obviously, I 100% agree with that. And a part of me feels like, is he is he at the point now where, like, he's matured past that? Like, he's been to a couple Super Bowls. But I don't know. He's Patrick Mahomes. He makes, you know, all the money in the world. Like, this is his stage, you know. This is where legends are made. And I feel like the moment, I'm not going to say it's going to be too big for him, but I just think if you can catch him a few times, because it's in his DNA to try and be Superman out there. 
Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, with that banged up ankle. He doesn't yes. have Tyreek Hill this time around. Like it's, it's. I don't know it's if gonna, it's in him yet to just try and almost be like humble enough to say, like, all right, I can't do that today. I can't. I can't. For I can't risk trying to be Superman. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You gotta. He's. It's, um, this is his third Super Bowl appearance, by the way. He feels like he's in every single one, so it's easy yeah. uh, to lose track. But yeah, if you if you if he's gonna try do too much, the ankle is bothering him. It's hobbling. He's trying to throw the ball away or throw it into into double or, or triple coverage. The Eagles have the personnel to make him pay. So I think that's going to be a key as well. The one thing that just doesn't have to happen, and I understand if the Chiefs run the ball, it keeps the ball out of Mahomes' hands, which is also a win, but I promise you, if Andy, after everything that he put us through, and not running the ball, and this Mm. is that, if Andy Reid beats us in the Super Bowl by running the football, I will not be here to talk about it afterwards. I won't Uh. be. I'll be pitching myself. I'll either be drinking myself into oblivion, or I'm jumping off my balcony somewhere. You know what the funny part about that is, though? There's it almost makes too it. much sense for the Chiefs. It. No, 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 not that. I don't mean that. But the, <laughs> if Andy Reid like went into the game, I'm not saying you know win the game that way. But like, if I was coaching that Chiefs team, that would be my mindset. You got this Eagles defensive. You got this pass rush. Like I would have Kelsey uh, run blocking. I, I'd line up like you know what I mean. Just try to slow down that pass rush and open up the offense because they don't have the guys are playing above their names. They don't have the playmakers to just, I don't think, I hope not to just go out there and let Mahomes throw it 60 times and beat us. No way. Our defense is too good. He's going to throw a 50. He's, he's going to have no choice, especially if they get down, then he's going to have to, uh, their version uh, of the run game is it. the screen game with the running backs and tight. It's end. the shuttle pass. It's a shuttle yeah. pass to McKinnon. That's what, that's what, that's what they're doing. I just cannot lose to Andy Reed in a super bowl by running the football. Like don't mm. get gashed by the run. I don't care if anything else happens. I just, just please. Would I be can, fitting I if we beat him running the football. Yes, controlling the clock, the football. Huh? That would be, that would be, that would be something. So uh, one last topic I want to get into before we uh, put a, put a bow on this thing. Um, is our dark horse MVP candidates. I have my pick. I'm sure you have your pick. Um, quarterbacks mm-hmm. are the obvious choice, so we're going to pick players that have an outside chance to uh, to win this for some juicy odds to lay some money on. So, Stephen, first, you're outside the box, kind of unexpected. Who has a uh, a, uh, a, a mm-hmm. shot to win Super Bowl MV- oh, MVP? Oh, wow. In this one? I don't know about Super Bowl MVP, but I can throw some, like, dark horse, like, you know, quote-unquote player of the games or whatever. Uh, Go ahead. I am going to I have a couple. Um there's the obvious Super Bowl MVP Jalen Hurts, which I kind of want to touch on probably after this, but I want to throw the like unexpected ones cuz that's what you asked me. Uh I'm going to say Devontae Smith because I think mm. the Chiefs are going to focus in on AJ Brown. They're going to be concerned with Jalen Hurts every down ability to just beat you whatever way. I think Devontae I know Devontae has a proven track record in big games to just go off. He's built for these moments. He did it his whole life in college. The connection with Jalen Hurts, I think they trust each other. Matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, I think Jalen Hurts threw him the game-winning touchdown that one uh, game. Am I correct? Which game is it? Was that a college football championship game or a bowl game? Oh, yeah, the natty. Yeah, the natty. So there's that dynamic. And then um, on the defensive side of the ball, there's two guys. I mentioned him earlier, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. And I say that because I just think he's due to just like have an impact on the game first and foremost, but perhaps a turnover or two forced, a fumble recovery, an interception. You know what I mean? You never know. Um, I don't want to steal too much of your shine, though. I'll let you go. 
yeah, <laughs> but those so are just my, some names. As we, as we on, so my my dark horse Super Bowl MVP candidate is Hassan Reddick. I think that if if Mahomes makes enough mistakes and they they render that offense useless, it's going to be because of Hassan Reddick. The last edge rusher to win it i think was von miller the year peyton rode off into the sunset so we're definitely due for another one um if he gets if he gets two two and a half sacks a forced fumble there's definitely a chance he can win and i call yeah, it forget at, defensive uh, player of the year hey get yourself yeah, the get best yourself award Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> i caught him at, i i know some people who caught him like who bet on him like after the giants game at plus like fifty thousand. Wow. it's crazy i caught him at 3400 odds so i threw 30 on it to win to win a little over a thousand dollars um so i think that's good value you got me one root for this now yeah i mean it's i saw some people betting on cj if he can create some turnovers maybe maybe he'll get it even though it's incredibly hard for defensive backs this is interesting though man because i don't mean to interrupt you but you almost want to root for it because if Hassan reddick has that good of a game you feel like there's no way the eagles lose exactly exactly and and if and if it's going to be because of him say jalen hurts just manages the game they just run the ball yeah they can win with Hurts being very average yeah, and they win this game the same way they did the 49ers. And Hassan Reddick was just all over the place. He definitely has a chance to win a to win a Super Bowl MVP. And I'm surprised you didn't bring up your boy uh, uh, Kenny. No, he there. he can't. No, not Super Bowl MVP. I think he could be an unexpected so? star. Like you, everybody keeps doing the Corey. How about, how about leading rusher? How about leading rusher? Oh, I don't know, man. I think um, I think Hertz leads the team in rushing in this game. Yeah, I think so too. I think he gets a hundred and a and a and a touchdown. I think a hundred rush that, yards. I think so. I think. Oh my he, gosh, dude, he's going to do everything he can to win this game. Oh, yeah. He's going to put the team on his back. He's not going to rush for thirty-eight yards like he did against the forty. His instincts. Goal- this is what we like about him. Is is it, it are his instincts? You know, and I do think uh, towards the end of the season, um, unfortunately, just due to the shoulder injury and the game plan, he wasn't able to be completely instinctual. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think and I instincts are separate, by the way, from the offensive game plan. That's why I'm just saying I trust him. Yeah, I think so. I think so as well. Um, when it comes to um, just specific uh, player props, one of the uh, uh, I gotta find it. One of the uh, my favorite player props in this game since we brought up Gainwell was Kenneth Gainwell over one and a half receptions. Uh, mm. As we all know, uh, my, they don't utilize Miles in the passing game very much. Kenny Gainwell is in there on third downs. Jalen Hurts likes to find him for first downs occasionally. He has yep. hit it in five of the last eight games, mm. um, and and uh, and he's been on a tear in the postseason. So I think one and a half receptions for Kenny Gainwell. He's been on a tear is, running uh, the ball, I would say, though, right? I mean, he's yeah, had a couple yeah. receptions. He still catches. He still catches. And also, I'm going to look at uh, Jalen Hurts over ten and a half rushing attempts. I don't know why it's so low. Uh, scrambling design runs, however you're yeah. going to do it. I think Jalen Hurts carries this ball at least 15 times. I was just going to say, runs. I think I like that number too. Ten and a half rushing attempts is very, uh, very, very low for a guy who is going to be backpacking his offense on the way to uh, to, to to Super Bowl. Don't let these last games fool you. They've been careful. We with haven't them. talked that, about Dallas Goddard, man. That bubble wrap, that bubble wrap is coming off in the Super Bowl. They're letting <laughs> oh, shackles yeah. off Jalen Hurts. The training wheels. Off. The training wheels are coming off. <laughs> <laughs> they said he had the training wheels on in his in his uh, twenty twenty one season. And, and and my God, go ahead talk about got it for a little bit. I've, I haven't mentioned him. No, I just feel like it's it's crazy. I don't hear much people really bringing up his name. And I just saw I was just scrolling Twitter not too long ago, and apparently, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But apparently, Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless were saying he's like a middle mid tier tight end. Like, geez, I I don't know. Maybe he's the guy that takes the top off the defense. They they use him in a very uh like diverse way. I love the screen game with Goddard, and obviously he can beat you down the field. 
So I don't know. Like, you know, all the attention on A.J. Brown. I mentioned Devontae Smith. You have to key in on Hurts every play because he'll beat you in a variety of different ways. Maybe Goddard's the maybe Goddard's the man. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? Like in the middle of the field. They use him all over the place, but I don't know. I just I think it's worth highlighting. He's uh you really saw his value to this Eagles offense those few weeks he was out, by the way. We highlighted that earlier this season. Yeah, definitely uh, new because we uh, we weren't getting the contributions from Jack Stahl and uh, Grant Calcaterra. Mind you, also, one more thing. The Eagles, people were like, how would you feel if the Eagles back to the 49ers? Just because I, I brought up his name. People were saying, how would you feel if the Eagles, uh, Jalen Hurts got knocked out and you couldn't, you know, do whatever. And Gardner Mitchell got knocked out. I promise you the Eagles would never in life put Grant Calcaterra on Nick Bosa. That would never happen. And that's essentially what the 49ers did on, on his style running. So, man, y'all can go cry about it. I know Christian McCaffrey's like, we need to implement the third quarterback rule. Dude, you could have had 16 quarterbacks. It, it wouldn't have mattered. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, they're all like, oh, we were going to run through the Eagles until Purdy got hurt and this, this, and that. First of all, and, and one more thing, the NFL giving all 22 access to anybody has been the worst <laughs> thing to ever happen because the 49ers, are, the 49ers fans are pulling like oh, two-second clips out of an entire game of Brandon Ayuk just barely creating space and separation against James Bradbury, and they're pausing it and saying, oh, they had Bring Bradbury dancing. Bradbury recovered and had him beat, and the ball never got there anyway because Hassan Reddick did. So 49ers fans are really getting up there with the Saints fans, with the yep. Dallas fans, and there's all these I, – I, I did think better of them and their whiners, which, which brings me to my last point. I haven't heard a lot of trash talk from from the Chiefs. Is it a respect thing? Is it just uh they're 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 used to this? Is it because they're probably going to be in five mm. of the next ten Super Bowls? But we're not getting the trash talk from Chiefs fans. I'm a little disappointed. I want you to tell me to shit talk me, get me hyped, do something. Well, there's not necessarily nice. like they're any bad nice. blood or they're history between the two, though. Yeah, but they're like, I don't want to be nice about it. I want to be nice. I want to be. I want to be amped. That'll be, be taken care of on the field, man. You'll see it on the field. It's the Super Bowl. It's cool. I actually like it this way for this a change. Is a respectful Super Bowl or respectful. No, Super Bowl. I don't. That all goes out the window when the game starts. Oh man! man. All right. Last last thing I want to ask you before before we get up out of here. Your uh, your thoughts on Andy Reid? I'm seeing a lot of people saying like, "Oh fuck, Andy, forget this. I'm not, I'm not there. Gonna feel I'm not good there. about nothing, and I feel nothing. Andy Reid never done nothing for us. Why are we praising him?" I'll tell you this: Brian Dawkins never won anything here. Allen Iverson never won anything here. Donovan McNabb never won anything here. Charles Barkley never yep. won anything here. These are all guys that are beloved yep. in the That's city a good point. that have never won anything, never won a championship in Philadelphia. But because it's Andy Reid, and I get it, he left and he won a ring in Kansas City and all this and that. And and but for people to say that Andy never won nothing here, so fuck him. I got no respect for him. Andy was my childhood. I grew up with hey, the Andy hey, Eagles. No the Andy Reid, no Doug Peterson, no Nick Foles. Exactly. Um, no Jason no Kelsey, no Fletcher Cox. No Jason Kelsey, no Fletcher Cox, and no Brandon Graham. Those are all holdovers from Andy from Andy Reid. He drafted all those guys. So and 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 it's because of Andy Reid that they instilled the trenches. The reason Howie Roseman builds through the trenches is because of Andy Reid. Andy Reid instilled that early on. Harry Roseman learned from it, and now Harry Roseman does it and implements it every every single offseason, every single draft season, etc. So for people to slander Andy, stop Well, it. the problem is this modern social media world we live in, everybody decides to pick extremes on all things. I have yeah, no bad things to say about Andy Reid. He's a 
arguably the best he's the reason coach. I he's arguably the reason I fell in love with the Eagles growing up yeah. that's all I knew was Andy and Donovan you know it's hard for me to see people did he play a part guys. in our shortcomings sure everybody did sure did. Nap Four did everybody championship did. games without a Super Bowl yeah it's tough it's tough but you would have rather been in that position than not be in that position because the but Cowboys haven't won anything in the last 25 years exactly and I will say this if the Eagles lose to Kansas City I'm not going to feel good for Andy though some people are like, oh, I, I, I won't mind because it's Andy. Nah, I'll be. Pissed. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I'll, I'll be, be honest with you. All these storylines don't mean shit to me. We got a Super Bowl. Oh, win, the Kelsey Bowl honest. and the Andy Reid Bowl and the two black quarter. None of that matters to you. Like it, it does, but I'm not like letting it distract me from the fact that we have a Super Bowl to win. Like you know what yeah, I'm saying? Jalen Hurts don't care about none of that. Well, he's Jalen Hurts has been extremely vocal about the the black quarterback thing because obviously he knows you the can't history get caught up in that man and Randall. And all that stuff, and Jalen Hurts is taking it all in. So we know that they're about business. They're ready to go. Jalen Hurts will be the first one to tell you the season ain't over. We can talk about it when the season's over. It ain't over yet. We we came here to do a job, and we're going to do that job because rent is due. Let's keep the main thing the main thing, as he always says. Steven, any final thoughts as we as we wrap this up? Um, What a season. Regardless of what happens on Sunday, this was the absolute most fun season I've ever that. had as a Philadelphia Eagles fan in my life. And I don't think there will ever be a better season than this one for so many different reasons. Um, there was so much doubt from even our fan base and outside of it going into the season. And it just turned out to be the best season I've ever had as an Eagles fan. I just pray that it ends with us holding up that trophy. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it just feels good to be back on the uh, podcast. What a time, you know. We literally waited to the last minute, you know, to get up on here and uh, do this. And uh, hopefully the next time we're on here, we're celebrating. Celebrating, yeah. You, you put it, yeah, you, you brought up a good point. Please don't take this uh, season for granted, guys. A lot of these guys aren't going to be here next year. I know it's uh, I know it's easy to, to, to soak it all in, but, man, don't, don't. Don't just enjoy the moment. Just just enjoy the moment. We watched a lot of teams. A lot of players aren't going to be here. Um, this is arguably the best the best Eagles team I've ever watched, and it's going to be tough to see some of these guys go. So enjoy enjoy the game. Yeah. Enjoy the moments. Enjoy the memories you make with your families. You know, if they win, I I I, I know the emotions are running going to be running high, and, uh, and and everything. And we'll be here with you next week to 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 celebrate and talk about it. And because there is no doubt in my mind, the Eagles win this game. My final prediction. Is thirty four twenty four Eagles. What, what what score you got? I guess I'll just hold true to what I said at the uh, gambler the other night. But I said Eagles thirty, Chiefs twenty. Nice. I don't know how so good I feel about that victory. score specifically now, but because I think there's going to be some victory. rare two point conversion attempts from both teams. I don't know. It always happens. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's a good. It's it's, a, it's a ten point victory. We both predicted a ten point victory. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. I know it's been a while. Uh, we didn't do one all throughout the postseason. We apologize, but we're here now. We weren't going to go the whole Super Bowl run without doing a show. So happy to get up here and push one out for you guys. Be sure to subscribe, rate, uh, rate five stars, leave those reviews. Appreciate you guys very much for that. Follow me. Victor Williams on all social platforms, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at the Philly Pod. Subscribe to the show, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere else you get your shows. Follow Steven on all platforms at Steven Combat Jr. Be sure to subscribe to the Liberty Line YouTube channel. Fantastic hype videos over there. The channel is booming. Subs after subs are coming in. Be sure to go ahead and get on, uh, get in on the action over there. Until the next one, y'all, we'll catch you as we're celebrating our second Super Bowl title in Before six Before you years. go, oh, I know we're all nervous. I'm nervous for this game. 
But we've oh, won man. a Super Bowl before. We got that monkey off of our back. It's different yep. this time around. Yep. In order and to Jaylen watch... And Jalen will be back. Jalen will be back. Exactly. In order to watch the throne, you must claim it first. This is our chance to make history our second Super Bowl. And I think it's going to be a a good fruitful decade of winning for this franchise from here on out, regardless of what happens Sunday. And I got my own quote. I got my own quote. Being around Jalen Hurst so much, I got my own quote. Enough isn't enough unless it's your best. Mm. And the Eagles will give their best on Sunday. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace out from the Philly pod. Go Bears, baby.